Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities. And as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. What a blessing. Everyone welcome to Garat. We tend to be happy around here. And it's nothing we've drunk. It's the Holy Spirit. I promise. If you inspect all the drinking joints on this property, there is nothing alcoholic. Do you guys know that before Pastor Ruby came back here, Pastor Ruby stand up. She was the pastor of worship harvest in Bali. Then she got a job back in Kampala, so she came back and handed over to Pastor Ernest, who used to be here. Yeah, so that's how we roll. We are a movement. Check with your neighbor how where they've been recently. Oh, have they written their name on the chair where they sit? Now it's like a permanent fixture. Mercy. They even chase people from their chair. When they come there, this is my seat. Move. Please have your seat. We are going through our series, The Power of His Grace. The first time we talked about eternal life, we shocked some of you out of your skins when you realize you already have eternal life. What I have. And then last week, we were looking at righteousness by faith. And we said you are only righteous by faith because you received that righteousness as a gift from God. That's why it's called the righteousness of God. In other words, it's God's own righteousness. Amen. Did you understand that? Now, all of this is not to tell you that you can go and live carelessly. Do you get what I'm saying? But rather to strengthen even that which you already have. Amen. Can you take care of a car you don't have? Can you take care of a car you don't have? So, rather people live carelessly because they don't know they already have the righteousness of God. So when they find temptation and an opportunity to sin, they just go ahead with it because they're like, "Uh even I feel like sinning. Yeah. But when you know that you have righteousness, then that righteousness tells you, you are the righteousness of God. You shouldn't be going into that sinful lifestyle. Am I making sense? So that's the gospel. You can't take care of a car you don't have. You can't live right, righteously if you don't have righteousness. You can't spend money if you don't have it. Have you ever been to the supermarket and you were tempted to spend on something? I can prophesy to you that the temptation was because you had some money in your wallet. When you didn't have money, were you tempted to spend? You're only tempted to spend if you have money on you. Am I making sense? I'm making more sense than you are admitting that I'm making. 
So when you don't have cash, you will not be tempted to pick up things from the, from the shelves. In fact, you will not even be tempted to go to the supermarket. You just walk by. They tell you, why aren't you entering? <laughs> Aya, you won't even know there is a supermarket there. Because you lack purchasing power. In economics, we, we used to learn about demand and effective demand. They are different. Some of you, you have demand. Oh no, the people who didn't come have demand. The people here have effective demand. In other words, you want the thing, but you are also able to, to pay for it. I'm speaking your language. So when you walk around and you think that what you have in your pocket is sin, you think you're a sinner, your primary identity is a sinner, when you find sinning opportunities, you're tempted to take them. Because you're like, I have sin to spend. You can afford. But if you walk around and what you know you have in your spiritual wallet is righteousness. It's when you find opportunities to do good that you're like, I have some righteousness. Sin, you don't even notice it is there because you don't have the resources to engage. Oh, yes. Woo! So, friends, that is the message of Jesus. That we who are were born in weakness told we are weak it is he comes and says i'll give you my own strength my own righteousness change the way you think so that you go around blessing people instead of destroying people amen are you ready for today's segment romans 5 romans 5 from verse 6 we are just going to flow are you into flowing are you sure let me even come down here and we flow properly oh yes Romans 5 for when we were still without strength in due time Christ died for the ungodly what a, a scripture verse 7 for scarcely for a righteous man will one die yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners Christ died for us much more than having now been justified by his blood we shall be saved from wrath through him for if we when we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of his son much more having been reconciled we shall be saved by his life do you see that verse 11 and not only that but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have now received 
the reconciliation. Have you seen the transition? He starts from when we were still without strength. Christ died for the ungodly. The thing that bothered religious people about Jesus the most was that he was a friend of sinners and he was accused of that. Now, my assumption is that all of us are trying to be more like Jesus. Would we qualify to the accusation that we are friends of sinners? Please put up the verse that says that he was a friend of sinners because these people might think I'm forging. Huh? Can, can, do, you, do you feel like you can? Huh? When was the last time you were accused of being a friend of sinners? The son of man has come eating and drinking and you say, look, a glutton, a wine, a wine biber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Because it says John came doing what? The verse before. There is an arrow, click, yeah. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine. And you say, he has a demon. Huh? Now the son of man has come eating and drinking. And you say, look, a glutton and a wine bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. You see, the reason not many people are born again today as many as would be is because we are all doing our very best to run away from sinners so no one is there to tell them that they are loved that God loves them thinks about them wants to save them because we are running away it's as if we fear the sinners and the reason we fear the sinners is because we ourselves are not confident in what we have received in Christ I think we keep suspecting if I hang out with this sinner I might become like them they might pollute me it's a bit like that little bulb in your room fearing the darkness saying why have they left me here by myself, why don't they take me and put me with the other bulbs in the sitting room? The darkness might overwhelm me. Do you think that's a, good, uh, a logical way of thinking? It's not. You see, most of the things you fear are not even real. Yeah. They're not real. First of all, I don't even know, this is not part of the message, but someone here you need to know that a lot of things that you've been told about people are not true yeah you've formed your opinion about a person or certain people based on total rumors because you've never picked yourself or your cell phone that does the rhyme to call a person and say yeah I was listening to Bishop Doug yesterday and he was saying something which I think is the policy I'm going to adopt. Yeah. 
you come and start telling me about someone, I say, I'm going to tell them what you're telling me right now. In fact, let me call and we put on loud. Uh, and I'm like, you know, this person is saying this, that, that, that you eat uh, human flesh. I have to come up with something really ridiculous. I get people accuse people of all sorts of things. But I want you to know that, that that's the work of the devil. He's always treading bad news about people and places and things until he has painted everyone dark and so you can't trust anyone and can't listen to anyone. Because you've had so many... I mean, some of the things I hear about myself... I'm like... Even me, even me... If I... If, even me, I wouldn't be... I wouldn't want to be my friend. <laughs> Based on what I'm hearing. I don't know where the accusations come from. Being friends of sinners. Jesus was accused. In fact, if you haven't been accused, your, your ministry is not effective. Yeah. But let me go back to the text. We are teaching from the Bible. For when we were still without, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. That's the message. Christ didn't die for perfect people. The church is not the club of the perfected. It is the place of the broken who are looking to Jesus and saying, I know you can save me. I know you can save me from this addiction. I know you can save me from this pain. I know you can change my story. I know you can give me significance. I'm available. That's the church. Amen. So when we are still without strength, Christ died for the ungodly. Oh yeah. Now, this is like one whole you know like portion now in the next verse he starts to put some context to it huh? he says for scarcely for a righteous man will one die yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die we have situations in history where people have died for righteous causes a few kilometers from here is the Uganda Matters Shrine. They died for a righteous cause. They died for Jesus. As I said, for, uh, scarcely for a righteous man. You see, the Uganda Matters are not 1,000. They are few because not, not everyone is into dying for righteous causes. <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, I mean, people are even, they even feel inconvenienced to get out of bed and come to church once a week. On Sunday, when we've done the music nicely, there's a Christmas tree, there's a band, there's a choir, everything is nice, the presence of God is here, but someone feels, it's too much sacrifice, the chairs are soft. Yeah, but someone feels like the sacrifice of going there is too much. Sunday is when I sleep in. I want to advise you not to sleep in on God's on the Lord's day. Mm. Because it's the one who created time. You cannot say that on you on your day is when I sleep in. Then on the day of the Pharaoh, when I have to go to work, that's when I wake up early. Because it means you are effectively a servant of Pharaoh, not a servant of God. trying to shut down my, my, my points. Hey. Online, online, online. Online. There should zoom in here. <laughs> so, so, this gospel requires sacrifice. Yeah, you saw the MC that was featured. But you know, it takes something to step out. The man says he used not to pray. Now he prays the whole night. And he's seeing results. But if you can't get out of bed, where are we going to start? You know, most people don't want to use, want to use God as a spare tire and not a steering wheel. It's like, they sing, Jesus, take the wheel, but the wheel they mean eh, is, is, a, is a spare tire. It's a spare tire. It's not the steering wheel. What a shock. So even this thing of dying for righteous causes, it's not common. It's limited. Yeah, it's limited. There are not many real heroes out there in life. And heroes die for righteous causes. Mm, but there are still few and far between. Even, that's why you celebrate them. Even the Uganda matters were not many. I know some of you have never even gone to see. You go down the valley, up, and then you are there. And those, the names are there. Charles Luanga, Gonza Gaga Gonza, Matia Mulumba, Chizito, and others. And they'll tell you the story of how those young men were tortured. And some of them died on the way. They didn't even reach. But Kudembe, they were dragged and they would just pull them from Munyonyo all the way to Namgongo. Righteous causes. And those who made it, they were burnt alive. Scarcely. Yeah. You see, one of the reasons the church is weak is we have forgotten the power of sacrifice. We think this whole Jesus deal is all about happiness and getting an extra loaf of bread to add to the cake you already have. But there is no power without sacrifice. Yeah. When you see Ivan's MC like that, Isaac, Isaac's MC, don't think that 
it got to there to there by him just he slept and woke up and then they knocked on his door and says who's there your MC members we have gathered ourselves we have evangelized to each other we are here shepherd us we have brought ourselves and then he's like I'm still sleeping come back later then they say we'll come back we have followed ourselves up what time should we come back you see when you are not when you sit very far at the back you can't participate in the sermon by contributing your own ideas so so those of you who are looking at us funny oh now you're on your Chinese phone which will even stop charging hey so so it's, it takes sacrifice Paul said that death is working in us and life in you it takes a certain level of death to bring forth life in others yeah that's the truth I, I can tell you that without any fear of contradiction yeah people sacrifice sleep comfort money food everything to bring forth life because you see the world is very wicked yeah and we cannot allow the devil to overrun us so we keep praying we keep pushing preaching loving people loving people who are very easy to love and nice to love and loving people who are slightly more difficult to love yeah because the love of god compels us do you understand we judge thus that if one died for all then all died so scarcely for a righteous person one will say yeah holy when the oh yeah until I what but in this case He says, yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. Yeah, you know there are some people who are like, if, if I see someone attacking that person, eh, I will try and, and prevent them. Because, because they are a good person. But now see the next verse. This is where you and I come in. <laughs> But God demonstrates his own love for us. In other words, love is demonstrable. Love is not a feeling. It's not a text message. It's not an emoji. It's not Increased heartbeats. It's not an Instagram reel. You see, when you see someone and then your heart starts beating faster, and you're like, ooh, ooh, I'm in love. No. Those are chemicals in your body that are causing the heart to beat faster. God demonstrates 
his you see that's when you know it's real love it's demonstrated yeah in that what he he died says in john 3 16 that he gave his only god because you see most girls most ladies when, when someone tells them they love them and they believe it they don't know they don't want to give you anything rather they want to take something from you they are trying to shut me down but i have the microphone yeah you can add me another the person is trying to take something from you the person is trying to take your purity away from you but you think it's love no that's not god's kind of love that's deception that's a lie it's just it's just chemicals in one person and chemicals in another person and the chemicals are now <laughs> you people go back and sit so God's kind of love is demonstrated by what we give now am I discounting romantic love not at all at all at all, at all, at all. yeah you don't fall in love by listing all the qualities you look for and then all the girls you tell them go and they weigh you in that room uh, I want to see if you are within the range of the kilograms and the right height and then they measure your bum to see whether it's the right circumference I, I, I did <laughs> I, I need to first check if it is real I do know they are fake ones Yeah, Pastor Quaker and Pastor Blesso, how do you know they are fake bums? Uh, sit down. <laughs> you see, our guests are thinking we are not serious. <laughs> I hear you use a pin. If the person doesn't react when you, <coughs> then you know it's not real. Ah, sit, sit. <coughs> oh God! God so loved that He gave. Never, never forget that, young ladies. Yeah, I'm telling you. You see, the problem is that when you don't have experience and you're a young lady, in your mind you think that the way you think is how men think. You think that men think like women. They don't. You, you're there, you think the person wants to 
converse with you you talk 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 no 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 they are not into talking oh yeah they are into taking <laughs> so that, that's why the person has to first sign somewhere that they will continue talking until death do you part and it has to be like in church they can't sign in a bar with witnesses who are trusted like pastors that this talk talking I'm talking to you I, I will not stop even if I yeah and then once they've signed you are like okay now we can take it we can take it deeper we can go further yeah but if you're those things just they talk to you one two three words chips chicken you think they love you sit down can someone please take pastor quaker to the back media booth yeah sit down let's continue Uh, uh, do you understand we are on TV God demonstrates his own love toward us now why not though these young you know even it's not just the young men you see the young men when they are eyeing the girls they are are measuring all sorts of parameters and they go back and, and converse among themselves this chick what you know, they are measuring height, weight, colors, skin color, what hair, or the lack thereof, circumferences. Huh? They are, yeah, they are calculating all sorts of things. Yeah. Then others even I I keep going. Height I leave the height alone. Fiona thinks height is not a good thing. <laughs> they measure everything, then they start saying, uh-huh. Now that most of the things are there, hmm? now they're going to other things. Family. Uh-huh. Which what family do they come from? Where, how were they brought up? Where did they go to school? Ah, cash. Uh, uh, do they come from a sustainable environment? People, uh, am I lying? Yeah. When you're marrying, people will almost take you through all sorts of tests chemical, biological, geographical, sociological mathematical, financial, political what color do they vote (laughs) and then the the girls Hmm. they talk even more than the boys I suspect they have their own whatsapp groups 
Critical analysis. Where does the boy work? Does he have a job? How does he transport himself? Is his main means of transport sneakers? <laughs> Isaac, am I telling the truth? Don't say discuss. Uh, all the things. Yeah. Yeah. And then if they are wise, they'll, they'll go and ask the pastor whether the guy is a tither. Because why would you want to get married to a thief? Okay, let's continue. Let's continue. That, that was too, too hard for some people. Now, you see, because we are always... Now, that's human love. We scrutinize the other person. Until we are like, okay. So, you know what God did? I'm, I'm about to tell you what God did. The people this side don't want me to tell what God did. Okay, you sit down, I'll tell you. So, God, in his wisdom, he found out these fellows, they are too clever for their own good. They are like the guys in uh, Babel. So, he's like, at the time, the guy sees that girl. I'm going to switch off all those abilities to think, to analyze, and to whatever. And just pump other chemicals into the system. <laughs> before, before you know it, there's a ring on your finger. <laughs> then you're like, ah, is it the right height? But you've read the signs. Oh, yes, love is beautiful. Because, yeah, that's why it says knowledge puffs up. But love edifies. It says love covers a multitude of sins. Love covers a multitude of faults. The, the reason some people have taken long to marry is because they are still into analysis. And you have got into analysis paralysis. While you are still analyzing, the brother has taken that girl. Then you are analyzing another girl. That one is also taken. While you are still analyzing the brother, the brother is taken. Stop analyzing. Marriage is by faith. Because look, the person, you are analyzing them based on what you see today. You don't know what they are going to be in five years. You are there looking at the waistline. It's because they haven't had any children yet. You don't know whether their DNA is the kind that helps them recover some sort of thinness after children or <sighs> why, why is people pretending like they don't know what I'm talking about yeah. Yeah, after your wife has had several children you will see that yeah, the, the law of elasticity, you know, the, the law of the rubber band. After stretching, 
Some things don't always go back to where they used to be. But you were measuring at that time. Now, because when you used to go dating, you would put your arm around and almost, almost touch. You know, like the person is like a pipe. You put your arm around and you can, you can even touch your hand again. Isn't they fit? <laughs> and now you're trying. <laughs> Now you, you can't put the arm around, you can only push forward. You are just and you just enjoy. And you enjoy. Oh yes, the new status. Blessed and widely favored. sit down but God demonstrates that's man's kind of love but God's kind of love doesn't measure doesn't count your failures doesn't record your addictions it is it David writes and says Lord if you marked our transgressions who would stand in other words absolutely no one You think God is counting your sins? No. When God looks at you, he sees his son, not your sins. He sees his son. He says, Christ died for us. And in verse 9, he says, much more than. Because this is where the issue comes in. We are like, okay. He died for sinners. But once you become saved, then the canes come out. No, he says, much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. He says, if he loved us that much when we are sinners, how much more now when we are his own righteousness. You see, this is the picture of a perfect marriage. When you loved the person that much before they had a covenant with you, and now that they have a covenant with you, we don't expect you to love them less, but rather much more. That's the character of God. That's why he says, Paul writes and says, For this cause a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. Ephesians 5, 31, 2, I think. And says, This is a good mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. That's the mystery. It's a mystery. Marriage is a mystery that speaks about Christ and the church. Like... You thought you were in love when you were dating, when there was no commitment. Now, oh, it's a whole new level of love and commitment. And it is not based on what she has done 
or not done. It's not based on what I have done or not done. You see, when we just got married, that's the mentality we had. And so for three years, we had a very bad marriage because ours was based on what have you done? What have you done? What have you done? And the more you do that, the worse it becomes. And what turned it around is when we started understanding the grace of God and seeing that God doesn't love you because of what you've done. God loves you because he has a covenant with you when you came to Christ to love you for eternity in spite of you. Oh yes. You can clap to Jesus on that one. So that's how marriage works. To love you for life in spite of you. So confused people don't know that. They jump in with all sorts of expectations. Can I give you some simple counsel? Those of you who are married or those who are about to get married. Get every expectation of the other person and throw it out. And then start creating expectations of yourself. It doesn't mean you can't help the other person get better if they have a posture here on their forehead. They can't see it. You have to tell them, I will walk a posture. Don't say I have no expectation. Yeah. But you can also see that when when the thing you're telling the person is a real struggle for them. So you that's when you, you're like, Yeah. I'm not helping. The man is getting a bald head and then you insist that they should grow hair. Because you, when you fell in love, you wanted a man with hair. I mean... I must start finishing this sermon while I have the house. Amen. So, we might, having been justified, justified is rendering you righteous just as if you had never sinned. How are you justified? By his blood, not your works. That's what makes this cross behind me very important. Say, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Anyone who still thinks God is annoyed hasn't understood the blood of Jesus. God is not annoyed with you. God is not mad at you. He's mad about you. Ah. God is not annoyed at, at, at you. You see, when you live with human beings and they're always giving you feedback, in your imagination, you think that's how God also is. Some feedback, some feedback. Ah. Meanwhile, human beings are giving you feedback on what they can see, but God, who sees the heart, if it's to give you constant feedback. You can't stand Purely his grace. And he loves us. God is love. He cannot help but love you. Just like sugar is sweet. 
Fire is hot. Water is wet. God is love. And that is the message of the gospel. Have you read the book of Acts? As Paul walked through the cities and Peter, they were not going around telling people to stop this, stop committing adultery, stop sacrificing to idols, stop hating on your neighbors. That's not what they preached. Their message was one. God has forgiven people's sins because of Jesus. That was the message. Give me Acts 10. It's a long chapter. But I want way down like verse 40, 42 there. Give me verse 40. And 41. And 42. Ah. Okay, let's see. Let's start from here. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. Next. To him, all... This is the verse I wanted. To him... All the prophets witness to who? Christ. How many prophets? All of them. All of the Old Testament is about Jesus. To him, all the prophets witness that through his name, through whose name? Not through the name of your pastor. Through the name of Jesus, whoever believes. Ah! Whoever does what? Does it say whoever stops hating on his neighbor? Whoever corrects his behavior? Whoever stops smoking? Whoever believes? What will happen? You receive remission of sins. Remission is a huge word, which means forgiving and forgetting permanently. That's the meaning of remission. When you, when you see remission, it's much bigger than forgiveness. Because pardon is forgiveness with a record. Pardon is forgiveness with a record. Remission is forgiveness minus it's like it never happened. Now, today I'm not talking about remission. I can do that another day. But let me just cast out some one last standing demon. Remission is actually forgiving and forgetting the past and the future sins. It is very scandalous very scandalous. Yeah, that's why a lot of people in church, they can't stand this, this kind of someone. It's like, no, no, no. I'll go back in January when they start teaching about money. It's all in the scriptures. I just don't have time. It's not what I prepared for it. But 
Let's say he has cast our sins in the sea of forgetfulness. Now, remember God is omniscient. He knows yesterday. He knows tomorrow. A person who knows tomorrow, how does he forget? A person who knows tomorrow, can he only forget the past? If he's going to love you, he has to forget even tomorrow. I know because you're a human being, I'm a human being, those kind of conversations don't make sense. Forget tomorrow, how is that? If you knew all of next year imprinted in your mind and you knew that on February 12th, I am going to come and hurt you and do something very bad to you but you want to continue to love me what are you going to do about February 12, 2024? Are you going to wait for it to happen? Then you forgive me. Are we going to be there waiting? Okay, tomorrow he's going to do it. Okay, okay, but I love him anyway. No, you're going to have to forgive it before it even comes because you already know it. That's the purpose of remission. Let me finish. Next verse in Romans 5. For if when we were, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Now, let's go to verse 18. Because all of this has left some people in a state of quagmire and... Because you are asking yourself, how? It's not normal. What do you mean? I'm going to show you how. It happens because God is just. In God's mind and rule, every sin must be paid for. There's nothing like no sin. God, God has not said okay to sin. Yeah. Those of you might be here excited thinking, Ah, remission. You're already texting the guy you have wanted to sleep with, telling him I'm on my way. Ah, what a shock. I'm in remission. You see, that's why Paul, after preaching all of this in chapter 6, says, Shall we sin, continue to sin that grace may abound? Says, God forbid. God forbid. How, how, how shall we who die to sin live any longer in it? So in case you're thinking like that, I'm going to make an altar call for salvation. Among all the other people who have understood just because they understand, you also must come because it looks like if, you, if you're saved, you didn't get saved properly. Yeah, you have a salvation without wheels on the car. But verse 18. Verse 18. So I was telling you, in this whole thing, every sin must be paid for. There is no sin you're going to commit where God will just wink and say, ah, it's okay. No, there is nothing okay with it. Every sin must be paid for. The only difference is who is paying. You see, the reason we come here early morning and shout ourselves hoarse 
celebrating Jesus is because God has taken our sins and put them on him. And he has got him to pay not for his own sins but for our sins. That we can walk scot free. That we can live abundantly. Look at verse 18. Therefore, one, two, we read, therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in... Do you know that one man they are talking about there, up? Adam. You didn't become a sinner because of the sins you committed. You inherited sin. Yeah. When you were walking around in just your diapers and you dipped your hand in a sugar bowl and they found you, you even took your kalito hand and put it behind you. Without any previous training, how did you know to hide the hand? And then they ask you, have you just been licking sugar? No. Meanwhile, it's all over your face. you are totally innocent, you wouldn't be hiding the hand. What told you to hide the hand? And to say no? You would have said, of course I've been licking sugar. I like sugar. Who doesn't like sugar? The sin nature. The sin nature. Yeah. It's embedded. And that's why one man's offense brought judgment on all men. So you can't stand there and say, me, I'm a, a good person. You are a sinner by inheritance. Yeah. It's like Bill Gates' children telling us how they are broke. We will never believe them. Yeah. You are like you. Your dad has all that money and you are claiming to be broke. You, are, you have money by inheritance. So even you, on the side of Adam, you inherited. Oh, yeah. You just need the right set of circumstances for the thing to come out. Yeah, the right provocation. That's why even the holiest, sweetest looking young lady. Yeah, by the time the husband comes to talk to you, the guy is in tears. You're like, that sweet thing is making you cry. What happened? Oh, yeah. Inheritance. Yeah, when the person was coming on the wedding day, we are all. We cannot imagine that. Inside that warm looking, chubby, nice, sweet, what? Mushy, mushy fellow is. Uh, <laughs> Even so, through one man's righteous act, the one man who did everything right and then he took himself and died on the cross for sins that were not his own the free gift came to all men and resulting in justification of life rendering those who believe sinless the church is quiet gallery are you okay Are you understanding? Or is this too much? 
Are you saying, but there's something wrong? No. Look, I didn't write the Bible. Mine is to teach it. And just in case you think I'm teaching it so I give myself room to sin, that's not true. I've been here 17 years. Verse 19. Another witness. For as by, you see, first witness was verse 18. That it is always about the one man, Adam, and the one man, Christ. Verse 19. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Who, who, who made you a sinner? Uh, yeah, someone disobeyed. Who disobeyed for you to be a sinner? Adam, Joshua. It wasn't you. Okay. So also, by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. One man needs to obey for righteousness to flow like a river. His name is Jesus. You see, I think sometimes people forget that the church is about Jesus. That all these world things and the gatherings, whatever, MCs and you know what, it's all about Jesus. It's about one person. And when you start presenting yourself as ah, me also, I have also been fasting. Oh, who cares? Your fasting cannot take away sins. Yeah, I'm not saying don't fast, but don't don't throw at us your righteous works. That makes you a Pharisee. I'm closing. Verse twenty. Third witness. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Please stand up and let's celebrate Jesus, the one man who obeyed and rendered all of us righteous. Can you just open your mouth and give thanks to God and pray and pray in the spirit. Oh yes. Sin reigned in death but grace is reigning through righteousness. I taught you last Sunday about the importance of understanding righteousness. Verse 17 of chapter 5 says that those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ receive abundance of grace today receive the gift of righteousness receive the opportunity to reign in life life doesn't have to be a constant state of defeat and pain and drudgery there is a way that God has made for us to reign in life. It is through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. So thank you, Father, for our Lord and Savior. We celebrate him today that you gave him as a gift to us to take away our sins and our sense of worthlessness that we might be saved, that we may have a relationship through, through him with you, that we may rejoice your word declares that we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. 
So thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you that through understanding this message, many people have been suffering with addictions, with habits they don't want. They start to overcome them now. Many people have been suffering with obedience, finding it difficult to obey instructions from the scriptures or from places where they need to receive instruction. They are receiving strength right now to receive strength to obey all instructions by the grace of God. Receive grace. Receive grace to defeat sin in your mind. Someone here, you've been struggling with sin in your mind. You desire God in the inward man, but your mind is always betraying you. You find yourself constantly thinking the wrong things. Receive grace to defeat sin in your mind. God is more than able to do it. There is nothing impossible with him. Receive grace to defeat recurring sins. Things where you think you have made it out and then before you know it you have fallen back. Receive grace to defeat recurring sin. Receive grace to defeat every kind of clutch. Oh yes, every chain. Every chain holding onto your leg right now. We break it spiritually in the name of Jesus. You walk free. Free from sin. Free from guilt. Walk free with Jesus. Receive grace to defeat every kind of oppression. Receive grace to defeat sickness. Oh yes, a lot of sickness is rooted in sin consciousness and not being aware of the love and and grace of God. You receive grace now. Yeah. That whatever condition has been operating in your body in the name of Jesus, I command it to leave you now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Be set free from every condition in your skin, in your bones, in your joints, wherever that is. Be made free. Oh yeah. No more shall the devil oppress you and convince you that you're not worthy of God's love. Some of you are going to start walking in power these last two weeks even as the year ends. Every situation you find, pray for people. Just lay your hands on the people and bless them because the enemy has convinced you that you are not worthy to lay your hands on people and to pray for them. But that's what you're going to do and you're going to see God walk in your midst and work powerfully. Thank you, Father. We bless you. May your name be praised. Just everyone in this church, open your mouth and give thanks to Lord for his kindness. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yes. Thank you, Lord. Now, if you've not given your life to Jesus, the giver of life, the giver of grace, the one who looks at you, with kindness who knows your journey who knows how far you've come I'm going to invite you right now both here and Naria and everywhere we are gathered it is your turn now if you have never given your life to Jesus I want to pray with you to receive him you're saying pastor I've not given my life to Jesus just walk and start coming where I am just walk and come God bless you sir just stand here Wherever you are, just walk and come. Come to Jesus. Oh yes, thank you. Can I shake your hand, my sister? God bless you. You'll never be the same. They are coming. 
from all over the auditorium, your life will never be the same. God loves you and is saving you from your own devices. God bless you, my brother. Keep coming wherever you are. Keep coming, keep coming. Just start walking to the front. If you're not coming to get saved, don't walk around in this time. Let me not have anyone walking around except the people coming to receive Jesus. The people coming to receive Jesus. Keep walking. Everyone else, please don't walk around. God bless you. God bless you, my brother. Oh, yes. God bless you. Receive grace. Receive grace for salvation. Salvation is free. Free gift of salvation. Just come from wherever you are. Start walking. Start coming. At all the locations, there's a pastor at the front waiting for you. So just walk upstairs, on the sides, on the sides, in the middle, wherever you are. Don't let anything or anyone stop you. Welcome, my sister. Welcome, my sister. God bless you. Welcome. More people are coming to receive Jesus. You can ask your neighbor if they want you to walk with them and then start coming with them. God bless you, my sister. God bless you. God bless you. Oh, yes. God bless you. Many blessings. Anyone else? Oh, yes. More people are coming. Awesome. Now, can I tell you something? Salvation is free, but expensive. Because Jesus paid with his own life. Yeah. Someone here, you need to know that you can be free from oppression. Yeah, that's God's message to you. You don't always have to succumb to Satan's suggestions to you. But that only happens if you come to Christ. Amen. Isn't he wonderful? Now I'm going to give one more opportunity and I want you to talk to your neighbor now. Ask them if they want you to come with them. And I want you to know salvation is not about going to church. Going to church is not what saves you. Coming to Christ is what saves you. Church is a place of fellowship for those who have come to know the Lord. Coming to Christ is not what is what saves you, not going to church. You may have been brought up thinking if you go to church you're okay with God no in Jesus' time the people in the synagogues the Pharisees they went to church but they did not have eternal life and he challenged them he told them you search the scriptures for you think that in them you have life and yet I am here to give you life and you do not receive me do you understand so if you've been coming to church I also want to tell you it's not enough to come to church you must come to Christ the leader of the church do you get like when you go to someone's home like your friends keep inviting you keep going to their home but you never talk greet the parents yeah, you have to introduce yourself to, you have to be accepted by the, the owner of the home for you to be comfortable there I may making sense alright anyone else one last call, flight Jesus. I will bless the Lord at all times. I will bless the Lord forever. 
thank you, Father, for our brothers and sisters who have said yes to you today. We bless them. May they be blessed always, always. Now, can you pray this prayer after me? Say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, today, today, I come to you. I come to. I you. receive you as my Lord and Savior. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me my past. Forgive me my past. And give me a future. And give me a future with you. With you today. Today, I declare. I declare that I'm born again. That I'm born again. That I've received salvation. That I've received salvation as a free gift. As a free gift. I rejoice. I rejoice at your word, Lord. At your word, Lord. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for saving. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for healing. Thank you for delivering me. Thank you for delivering from every work of Satan. From every work of Satan. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Holy that Spirit. That I may walk with you. That I may walk with you. All of my life. All of my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You rejoice. Oh yes. Now, can you point one finger like this as if you're warning someone? Say, Satan. Satan. From today. From today. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. I don't belong to you. Don't belong to I you. belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. I rebuke you. I rebuke and you. And I command you. And I command you to stay far away. Stay far away. From me. From me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate them? Please go with Brother Ivan here. You're just going here. We want to take your names so that we can be praying for you by name. We want to just be praying for you by name. Can we celebrate them? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Amen. Even as we close, someone, God wants to give you victory over addictions. Amen. Over addiction. Yes. And condemnation will never bring you victory. Oh, yes. Condemnation will never bring you victory. You will only feel worthless, but it will never bring you victory. It is the blood of Jesus, the cross of Christ. Start talking to God freely and ask him to help you and he will help you. So Father, thank you for everyone who came today. I pray blessing. Lift your hands and receive the blessing. May God bless you. May he cause his face to shine on you and give you peace. May he straighten your path before you in these coming days. For someone here, whatever is not straightened will become straightened. Something has bothered you, something has broken your heart, which is out of line. God is aligning that which pertains to you, according to Psalm 138. So may he align that which pertains to you. May God bless you. May he cause his face to shine on you and give you peace. May your house be a house of joy even in this festive season. May your house be a house of abundance. A house of peace. Wherever you are going, may you go with God's peace. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forever. Amen. Amen. Thank 
you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.